Well, dear friends, in your lifetime, of course, you've traveled around to many and various uh, communities. You've had the opportunity to uh, participate in, in many different uh, kinds of worship and, you know, maybe ask that question. Have there been times when it just didn't seem to be worth you know, and you sat there as a member of that particular congregation and, and you maybe just kind of thought, you know, why, why did I come? Why, why am I here? What, what in the world is, is, is even, you know, taking place? And so we always have that desire within our, our Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, that we would, you know, kind of create that atmosphere of worship. And, and what are, are some of the things that maybe that we think of that helps us to really connect with God during <laughs> the service? A, a, a lot of those things are, are probably visual, aren't they? No, it, it really is kind of interesting when, when Martin Luther had to go into hiding uh, because he's being persecuted by the, the Roman Catholic Church. There, there are many changes that, that were taking place. And, and when he was able to come back out and, and be among the people and go to the churches once again, one of the things that had greatly offended him was that people were destroying the religious art of the day. And yeah, you know, maybe you, you've traveled and you've seen some of these churches where they say, oh, you know, you, you, you can't have, you know, any, any stained glass. No, you can't have the stained glass. It has to just kind of be clear windows. And, you know, oh, you can't have, you know, you can't have any statues around because, you know, we don't want to be making any graven images and, and we don't want to have any, you know, artistic renderings because, you know, so, somehow that might be be bad. And Martin Luther's day, the, the Protestants, they, they kind of thought that way. And so they're going into all of the Roman Catholic churches and, and they're taking over and they're getting rid of all the stations of the cross and they're getting rid of all the stained glass windows and, and you know, they were burning the pictures of the Virgin Mary because they, they thought all oh, of these things are horrible. And Martin Luther, he came out and said, you know, who are you to destroy something that might help another person to feel close to God. Who are you guys? Why are you doing this? Why are you destroying all the beautiful things within these churches? Who are you? And so one of his first sermons, coming back to the pulpit after being gone for a, a while, you know, he addressed this particular issue. He said, you know, people are, in a sense, visual. Right? They need to be able to have things around them you know, that they can look at that will help them be able to get closer to God. Right? Don't, don't destroy these things. If something is legitimately helping another person grow in their spiritual faith, let it be there. And so for us here today, you know, we can look around and we have beautiful stained glass windows. 
right? And and as you know, you're, you're thinking about God. You know, you can maybe just look at the first ones. All of it. You know, the Ten Commandments. You know, God has actually went out of His way to tell us how to live well. You know, you, you can see. You know, that the Lamb of God there in the middle. You can see the the bird of peace. You can see the the cross, of course. We can look around and the, the wonderful preparation that went into you know each of these windows. I, I haven't you know priced stained glass recently, but a, a lot of it is out of sight now. You know, especially the, those fellas years ago, they, they used you know lead to put to the stained glass windows together. And that now, you know, oh, working with, with lead is so horrible and it you know, ruins your health and, and all the safety precautions we have. Nobody even wants to touch it anymore or work on it. And so to be able to have, you know, stained glass windows, uh, such a privilege in our current day. We have our, our beautiful altar, don't we? We can come and our focus is directed, you know, toward the altar, uh, toward the, the Almighty God, right? You know, we, we have our cross that we put up in the entryway um, for, you know, this uh, special time of Lent. When we think about it, as we walk in, we have our beautiful statue of Christ with his hands outstretched. And that's the very first thing you see when you come into our building to see a representation of our Savior himself. What a joy to be able to to look at the statue, to be able to reflect upon Jesus the Christ. So these beautiful things that that we can see, it, it helps to connect us to God. It helps to lift up our spirit in a sense, doesn't it? You know, you can be down in the dumps, you can be having the worst week ever, you know, things just aren't going right. Maybe it's nothing, you know, one, it's not one big, huge, horrible thing, but, you know, it, it's the 10 little tiny things that just kind of, you know, gave you like 10 little paper cuts, you know? And you come walking into the church and you're kind of dragging and your head is down and, and you open the door and there is Jesus. You know, and, and you can come in and you can see the cross and you can look at the stained glass and you can say, this is something special. God himself is present, right? He's here. And of course, you see the, the baptismal font, and you can easily recall that yes, that there was a time I too was baptized. You know, my mom, my my dad, my grandma, my grandpa, my aunt, my uncle. You know, it was so important to them that I got to the church one day when I was just a tiny little baby, and the water was placed on me in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and I became a child of God. Now, if all the, the pastor is doing it in his sermon today, it you know, sounds to, to me like the Charlie Brown episodes, you know, 
You kind of remember watching Charlie Brown? He, he asked the teacher a question, you'd hear, blah, 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 blah. You know, maybe sometimes you're in church and, and it seems like that's what the, the pastor is doing, but you can look at the baptismal font and you can say, you know what? I got baptized. I'm a child of God, right? God really cares about me. He knows what I'm going through. He experienced all the things that I experienced, but even more so, didn't he? He was treated often so much worse than we have ever been treated. And still, he died for us. He knows what we're going through. He experienced it. He loves us through it. And we can just look around it and, and we can see all of those beautiful things. But you, you might say, well, you, you, know, you know, Pastor, I've just kind of studied education and and I'm just not really a visual person. Now, I am an auditory, an auditory person. I learn more with my ears, you see, not my eyes. I learn more with my ears. And, and if that's where you are today, you know, you're, you're probably thinking, and your voice is really annoying this morning because, you know, you're kind of hoarse. And I, I you know, I'd really like it to sound nicer. But, well, ho hopefully I can improve that in the weeks to come. But nevertheless, if you're an auditory person, you come to be able to hear the wonderful hymns, don't you? And, and we have so many of them. You know, you, you, you can think of, about it, and, you know, even if there's some stuff in the hymnal that you don't like, there, there's probably by this time in your life, you, you could say, you know, that there's probably 75, 100 hymns that you really appreciate, right? And, you know, hopefully uh, at least one of those it is played every Sunday. So you can come to the service and you can say, wow, there's that one. You know, amazing grace, right? You know, you could listen to that all day long, right? We have these beautiful hymns expressing our worship to God. And if, if you're, you're not, you know, visual, if you're auditory, you know, at least you get to come and you get to hear that wonderful music. Can you imagine how, how terrible it might be if it, instead of, you know, taking the, the symbols and the statues out of the church, if we just kind of got rid of, of music? Well, it just doesn't work, does it? You know, certainly when our, our organist, you know, Dorothy Koopman retired, we could have said, well, you know, we, we don't have an organist. I guess we just won't sing anymore. And that would be a terrible loss, wouldn't it? And, and so, you know, even though we, we just have a, you know, CD player and we're able to play some CDs, to be able to sing along with that in our hymnals, it brings Christ closer, doesn't it? It helps you to be able to be touched at times. And I, I still enjoy listening to Christian radio and I drive around in, in my car. I, I hope some of you are able to tune in and to Christian radio 
as well. But, you know, that just the right song comes on at just the right time. It almost sends like a, a little chill down the back of your neck, doesn't it? But it's like instantly you've connected with God. And again, it doesn't matter how bad your day has been or, you know, a hundred thousand little things that are going wrong or one, you know, big, huge thing has happened. But you can hear that song. It inspires you. It brings, you know, the light back to your soul again. And so you can hear Right? The beautiful hymns that we have. We can hear other people singing along with us. And we're part of the family of God. And maybe that's the very best thing about being able to come to the church, isn't it? Is because you can gather together with other believers who love the same hymns that you do. And, and, you know, the same alone, the same as you. And the, the meanings of our stained glass windows, they, they have the, the same meanings for us all, don't we? Because we've been brought up in the same faith. And so we come. And so we gather together. So we remember what it is to be part of God's family. To love him so very much. And then, uh, of course, we go through our liturgy and perhaps what the most important thing is, is the way that we begin. And that is with the confession of our sins, right? We confess before God that we haven't quite lived up to those Ten Commandments. We haven't quite made it. At St. Paul's this morning, we had a confirmation service. And so, of course, you know, we just stressed there that the Ten Commandments. But I, I talked about the, the simple matter of, you know, a, a young person maybe just broke a plate and they lied to their mom about it. You broke the command. You're supposed to honor your mother and your father. And you know what? What, what did you do? Right? You broke the plate. You lied about it. You, you're breaking the commands of God. How do we come back? We return to the church, don't we? We, we enter through that door with our head downcast because we know that we broke the plate and we lied. And we look up and we see Jesus. And the nail marks are in the palms of his hand. He's looking with love and compassion. And you come in and you have a seat and you hear the beautiful hymn that we begin with today. And those words begin to echo within your heart. And you look around and you see how Christ died for you. And you stand for the confession and you say, you know, Lord, I, a poor, miserable, plate-breaking sinner. Well, you know, you maybe didn't throw those extra words in, but it was in your mind. Confess unto you all my sins 
and iniquities. And then the pastor is able to come back and it's always my privilege on Sunday morning to be able to speak those words to you in the stead and by the command of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You get to hear those words spoken once again. It doesn't matter that you broke the plate and you lied to your mom. All that matters is that Jesus loved you so much, he died to make you new again. He died so that you could be transformed, so you could be made clean. And now with the confession, with the absolution, with the the cleansing of our spirits, we're able then to hear the word of God proclaimed, aren't we? And we're able to, to hear the teaching that the pastors come to bring. And we're able to go to God in prayer with a clear conscience once again. We're able to receive the Lord's Supper we're able to be restored and renewed and strengthened. We're able to go back out into that world. It has hard at times. It has a difficult. And maybe your days, mostly you feel like you've got another hundred paper cuts. You know? And they're building up. And it's not that they're so big or so major. It's just a, a hundred, a, a thousand tiny things that happen during the course of the week. But you're able to face them because God is with you. And because Sunday is just around the corner. And because you know you can get back to the church once again. And you can see our beautiful statue of the Christ, the wonderful stained glass that we have. You can hear your favorite hymns being played, the word of God being proclaimed. And you can be reminded one more time that Jesus loved you so very much that he stretched out his arm and he died. For you. Amen. And may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen.